Estás escuchando un mensaje de parte de Vida City Church Houston. Para más información de nuestra iglesia, visita nuestra página de web en vidacch.org. Y ahora con ustedes, el mensaje. You are listening to a message from Vida City Church Houston. For more information about our church, visit our website at vidacch.org. And now with you, today's message. something, trying to get something. 
Even now we find ourselves in life's journey. Maybe we already know where, which direction we're going. Maybe we already have an idea. But there may be some that are still wondering. Life is almost passing them by and they have no direction which way to go. You know, God loves us so much that he shows us in this story, Christmas story, that he'll do anything to get you on the right path. He'll use anything to guide you to him. Think about it. These are men in the Middle East. Men, they come that according to scripture, these are pagan men. These are people that do not know God. These are people that do not serve God. And yet God is a God that so loved the world. He will even use what you're interested in and what you're focused on He'll use that to bring you to him. Let me explain. These men are astrologers. Notice what God uses to bring them to Christ. They're following the star. You know, someone had, if someone had knowledge of the stars, if someone had knowledge of these things, it were it was these magis, it, it magis, it was, it was these uh, wise men, it was these kings because they were astrologers from the east. There's no doubt that they loved to study the stars. But beyond of studying the stars, beyond of that being their profession, that was their passion. To study the stars and see things and there's, there's no doubt that Throughout the years, they had experienced seeing thousands of stars. But one day, as they're gazing and studying the stars, one day, there's something particular about a certain star that catches their attention and causes them to look for answers of this particular star. And it's not until... They're taken to prophecy that they discover that this is nothing more than an announcement of the Messiah to come. Of the king, not just the king, they would know him as the king of the Jews. We know that he is the king of kings and he is the Lord of lords. And it didn't matter how important, how educated they were. And how many other discoveries they had made by studying the stars. They were willing, because of this one star, to leave the commodities. To leave the comfort of their own home. And embark on our journey to find this king that this star was announcing to them. And... I believe that many of us can identify with these wise men because in life we have also looked, we have seen something that has caught our attention. We have seen something that has driven us to, to look for, for that purpose, to look for that position, to look for that encounter with God, that encounter with, with, 
what God has given me, my talents. In other words, there has been times that we ourselves have had a glimpse of a star, of something, of a vision, of a dream, something that, that riled up in us a passion to go and look for it. And how many of you remember the time when you found Jesus and, and, and you, you went out to seek him and find him and, and you had a moment when you went out and you did everything you could to, to, to embrace that moment that you read your Bible, that you went to every service, that you wanted to live for God with everything, all your soul, all your mind, all your heart, with everything that you had, that it didn't matter what else you were doing, I want to serve God. If I can lead a cell group, if I can give a class, if I can use my talent, that was your passion because you had discovered something that God had revealed to you. But, but just like many, we gazed at the star, and we were passionate about it, motivated about it, and then all of a sudden, it became a routine, no longer a passion, no longer a love, it just became a routine, and in the midst of our busyness, in the midst of our ministry, in the midst of everything that we're doing, the hustle and bustle of every day. Little by little, we stopped focusing on the star and started focusing on ourselves, focusing on the trials, focusing on the obstacles, and we lost sight of that star. Oh, we're, we're still serving. We still come to church. We still give our love offerings. We, we still do all of that. But sadly to say, we're no longer passionate about seeking him. We're no longer passionate about this journey of having that encounter with him. We have lost our focus and our purpose of why we do what we do. And even as a church, we can fall in that peril of why do we exist? Why are we here? Why did God bring me here to this church? Why is this church in the middle of this community? And with our busyness of God's blessings and the busyness of raising a family and the busyness of so many things, we lose the focus and the passion of why God really is blessing us and bringing us to him that we end up losing our purpose. And there comes a point that we can no longer inspire somebody else because what was supposed to be alive in us, that passion is no longer there. You see, we can become so monotonous that we cannot give to others what we no longer have. The question that I have is, can you still see the star? Can you still see that star? Can you still gaze on that thing that passioned you to seek God and to have that relationship with God and to serve God and to live for God passionately? Can you still, still see that star? Just like when the Magi saw 
the star. They were, we've had other experiences. We've seen other things. But this star, there's something about it that caused us to ask questions and we found out what it was all about. We were enthused that we were willing to let go of everything till we could find that king that was born. When was the last time you had that passion to say, it doesn't matter the overtime that they want to pay me. It doesn't matter. I want to make sure that I'm in the house of God. I want to make sure that I'm serving God. I want to make sure that God knows that my passion is still there to serve him, to live for him, that I don't just exist just for existing. Think about it. Taking a long journey. Can you imagine saying, where are you going? We don't know. What do you mean you don't know? What are you going to go find? We don't know. How long is your trip? I have no idea. Wow, you guys really didn't plan for that trip, did you? All they knew is that we had seen a star. It caught our attention. We, we found out what it meant. It caused us to leave everything else until we had an encounter with whom that star represented. When was the last time you had that passion? Or have you lost sight of the star? Does it no longer enthuse you? Does it no longer excite you? Is Jesus no longer the real reason for the season? Is Jesus still the main focus that, you're, that your eyes are set on and that you're, you're guided by and that you're going to follow until you have that encounter with him? Maybe, maybe you've lost your focus. Maybe you've lost your passion. Maybe you've lost your heart for the things that you used to do when you first had an encounter with Jesus Christ. Maybe you've lost that. Today, I want to remind you that the star is still there. That if you can refocus and say, I want to have that encounter with God and that the presence with God, your life can change again. God can use you to help others. God didn't give you the ability. God didn't give you the talent. God didn't give you what you are able to do just so that you could hoard it and have it for yourself. God gave it to you so that you could use it for his honor, for his glory, by serving others with that gift that he gave you. Have you lost the star? Have you lost your focus? Those are some of the dangers that happen when we begin this journey called the Christian life because the second thing you've got to do aside of following the star you've got to persevere in the way you've got to persevere these men embarked on a journey that took them through the desert not only did it take them through the desert but they say that it was about a thousand to 1,500 miles of distance from where they were to get to where Jesus was. They had to go through terrain that had enemies. They had to cross the deserts. They had to go up mountains. They had to go through difficult terrain in order to make it to where Jesus was. And, you know, sometimes we think that what God is giving us, it's real easy and it's all smooth and it's all tiptoeing through the tulips. But a lot of times that which we want and that which God wants to give us, it's through hard terrain 
it takes us through moments of desert. And the reason even through the Bible you find out that God took them through the desert was to form their character. It was in their desert moments where God wanted to test their faith. Because it's easy to say versus to do. It's harder to do than it is to fulfill what we say. And it's in those desert moments that God begins to work in our lives. It's in those desert moments where God begins to see, is there perseverance or, or is it just all hearsay? It's in those desert moments where God begins to test our faith. And these men were willing because they were so excited of seeing that star and what that star meant. They were willing to leave their comfort zone. They were willing to leave their commodities and load up their beast, their camels, and embark on a journey, understanding that we don't know really where we're going. All we know is that if we can find where this star is taking us, there's something great there. And we're willing to leave the commodities and the comfort zones of our life and dare to risk our lives going through a desert that we know there are enemies in that desert. That we know that, that, that the desert can be weary and at night it is cold and during the day it is hot. We understand that we could even lose our lives in the desert. But this star and what it represents is more important than anything else in my life. And I'm willing to take a risk to go and find that star and see what it means. <clears throat> and so they go almost for two, three, three and a half months of traveling. Some of us get tired. I know I get tired when I think I got to go to Baton Rouge and it's only four and a half hours. And I'm like, oh, I got to psych myself up. You can do this. You can do this. It's going to be a fast trip. Can you imagine a trip that's at least three, three and a half months? And this is going to Baton Rouge in a car at 75 if you're trying to abide by the law. And going 80, 85 following traffic. And even a four and a half hour trip is long. I've been to Israel. It's a 16-hour flight. That's long. Can you imagine a three-month trip on foot and maybe every so often getting a little boost from a camel? They're willing to take this journey and this risk. They had to endure heat during the day. They had to endure the cold during the night. All of this to find this king. But what's interesting, like I said, not only can you, you need to follow the star, you need to persevere. Because look around you. The family members and friends that you know that at one time used to go to church. That at one time used to push you to church. What's interesting is that one of our drummers, not the one that played today, but one of our drummers, he says, I was lost. It was my sisters that came to this church that kept pushing me. You got to go to church, got to go to church, got to go to church. I finally decided to go during the COVID at the drive-ins. And I started listening to the word. And it really got me motivated. And it really got me thinking. And it came to the point that I made a decision to follow Christ. He is now one of our drummers. He says, but now... It takes me forever to get my sisters to come to church. 
and I tell them, y'all the one that pushed me to come to church. How come y'all aren't coming? Perseverance. Can you imagine how many of people could have said, you know, the, the, the heat of the day is, is too hot. And the cold nights are, are, are too cold. You know what? I'm going back. I'll send somebody else to go in my place, a messenger or somebody. Can you imagine having to go through all of this where you had to escape being attacked by from some, some, some bandits that were hiding out trying to find who would travel that way so that they could assault them and, and take what they had? Could you imagine... The, the, the storms in the desert, and can you imagine the heat, and can you imagine trying to figure out where's the next oasis because we're about out of water and our animals need to drink. Can you imagine how many of them on the wayside said, I've had it, I'm done, I know the star was exciting, I know that there's something great, but, but I don't think I can make it, I don't think I want to continue. How many people have dropped out of their trip to find Christ? How many of them have given up on the first trial that came to their life? The first encounter that I had with a problem, now I don't want to go to church. What did even Christ do to you that you didn't even want to serve God anymore? Just because you had your first encounter with, with contrary and you had your first encounter with, with uh, 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 something that was against what you wanted and just because it didn't work out the way you thought it was going to be. So you lose sight of the star and now there's no perseverance. See that one of the things that you've got to understand is these wise men had something special that they carried that was valuable on the inside. Hello. Remember, they had treasure chests that they were carrying. It had valuable in there. They were so determined that what I carry in me, I've got to make sure that he gets it. And while others might have dropped out of the way and their first encounter with hardship said it's over and threw in the flag, these wise men understood I've got something of value that I've got to give to the king. And I'll endure whatever I have to endure. I'll go through whatever I have to go through to make sure that this gets in the hands of the king. I, I, I've got, listen, how many have come to the church? How many have served God? They have a commitment. They have a good resume. They come to church. They serve in a ministry. They give their offerings. They have much knowledge, but they have no courage to put their faith into practice in the difficult times and in the deserts of their life. What good is all of that if you're not going to persevere? 
What good is everything that you know and every title, every degree and pedigree that you have hanging on your wall? What good is all of that if you can't persevere in the Christian faith and in your Christian walk? Listen, moment that they confront something that's difficult. They throw in the towel. It's, it's the lack of faith and the lack of courage. But we need faith that will persevere in our difficult moments as we continue walking, as we continue serving, even in those moments of uncertainty and even in those moments of, of, of tiredness. Look at what this COVID and pandemic has done. How many people that you see that I see as a pastor that were strong and that we had definitely left them as leaders of different areas. But they couldn't endure the storm of a pandemic. And now they're the ones that need to be followed up on. Now they're the ones that you got to pray them out. They're the ones that you've got to continue lifting up. They're the ones that you've got to continue calling. Those are the ones that you've got to continue pushing. And even like that, they don't come. Because they couldn't endure. They couldn't persevere the hard times and the hardships of this pandemic. And, and faith is a key instrument, a key ingredient that when the storm is big and you can't move or you don't feel that you can go on, it is faith that is there and faith begins to mature and begins to grow, not when everything is good and everything is dandy, it begins to grow and mature when you, you face the hardships of life and understand that God is still with you and you begin to grow and begin to mature in all of this process. The enemy will use the deserts in your life to discourage you, to make you take your eyes off the promise that God has given you. And the enemy will use the deserts moments in your life, if he can, to, to, to try to defeat you. While God will use the deserts in your life to develop you. The Bible says in James 1 verse 2, Four, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. And that's what trials do. They develop you help you grow, that you can help others. God is not intimidated by the desert that you're going through. God is not intimidated by the, the dry seasons that you feel you're in and by the heat and the scorching sun of your desert. God is not intimidated by any of that. God will use every season of your life, even the most difficult season of your life, to build you up. You got to learn to persevere with courage and tenacity. You see, faithfulness is not cultivated by itself. It's not cultivated at the beginning of the journey, and it's not at the end of the journey. Faithfulness is cultivated and matures in us when we are in the middle of the desert and we continue to persevere. Let me say that again. That faithfulness is cultivated and matures in us 
when we are in the middle of our desert. And not only when we continue to persevere, but we continue to get up. And we continue to serve. And we continue to minister. And we continue to pray. And we continue to work because our goal, listen, is not necessarily, our goal is not necessarily, listen to me closely, the success and the numbers, that is important. But our goal is to be able to find God, to find His presence. And if we could get His presence back, we can get anything. We can get the numbers. We can get the growth. You can get the finances. You can get whatever you... If you can go back with tenacity and intentionality to find Christ, and if you can find Christ, everything else will be, the Bible says, added unto you. Listen, the last thing I'll close with is not only must we find the star that it will encourage us again and get us excited to endure and persevere in the journey because you're going to need perseverance. But don't let your desert affect your worship. Don't let your desert affect your worship. Think about it. These wise men, are traveling about three months or so. You don't think they got tired walking? They began to say, like, my grandson says, are we almost there yet? Grandpa, are, are we almost there yet? Have you ever had any of your kids or any of your grandkids tell you that? You get in the car, you're in five minutes, and they're like, are we almost there yet? Can you imagine... Traveling a week, two weeks in the desert. Are we almost there yet? Are we almost there yet? In the middle of a sandstorm, are, are we almost there yet? When the water seems to be finishing and the scorching sun is hitting on you and beating on you, are, are we almost there yet? Remember, keep focused on the star. Persevere in the way. And number three, do not let the desert experience affect your worship. Because it would have been very easy. If I had something that was heavy, if I were to get somebody to get one of these speakers and get you to walk around with it around, I said, just go around five times around the chairs. I think maybe about the third time it's so heavy that you'd like to just drop it. Let it go. Think of all that was in their treasure chest. Think about, because it, it wasn't, I know we say because of gold, incense, and myrrh, frankincense, and myrrh. I know we always say, oh, we three kings. It, it wasn't three. Some of the scholars say that just one king could have with him at least 20 camels. These wise men were so enthused by the star, so motivated that they were willing to leave the comforts of their home and of their lives to embark on a journey that would take about three months. And the only guide that they had was that star. They're risking it. What if that star was just all of a sudden go out? Where do they go? What route do they take? Can you imagine carrying things with you and the camels 
Can you imagine that during the journey you could have thrown away? Let's just leave some of this here. The animals are getting tired. The camels are getting tired. Let's just leave some of this here. That's why I don't let your desert affect your worship. The Bible says that when they entered into the house and they saw the child with Mary, that then they bowed before them and they opened up their treasure chest and it says they gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold was a metal that was used for the kings. And whenever they buried somebody and they opened up the casket, if it had gold, they understood that this person was important and it was a person of royalty. The incense was used in the temple. It was mixed with oils. And it was used also not only as offerings and not only to, to used by the priest, but it was also a sign that Christ was the high priest. Myrrh is what they also brought him. It was used in the process to prepare a body for a funeral. They were bringing this without even knowing maybe that he was the Messiah and they were bringing things that would recognize him and acknowledge him as the king of kings and acknowledge him as our high priest and acknowledge him as the one that would die for the sins of all the world. They opened their treasures and they gave it to him. Can you imagine how heavy they were? Can you imagine them wanting to, like I said, leave it in the desert and say, we can't continue carrying this. We're tired. We're weary. We can't continue with all of this that we got. Just leave it there. But they could not arrive empty-handed. And you've got to understand that not only these gifts were symbolic, but you've got to understand that you can't let your worship fall in the desert or in the deserts of your life. You can't empty out your heart for the worship that belongs to God. It's in those moments that you've got to endure and keep your worship. It's in those moments in your desert that you've got to hold on to your worship. It's in those moments because when they came, it said they worshiped him and they gave him these things. You've got to learn to give him your worship. You've got to learn to give him your, 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 your gold, which is recognizing him that he is the king of kings and he is the Lord of lords. You've got to give him your incense that has to deal with your worship and your praise. The Bible says that there's an incense that goes up as well when we worship God. And if you're going to live in the times that we're living in and you have no choice but to live in them, this is the hand that has been dealt to all of us. These are the cards that you and I got to live with for right now. That there's a pandemic, there's, there's racial tensions, that there's all kinds of things that are happening. That's what we got to live in right now. That's our desert. 
And you can't allow those things to come and take away your worship. You can't afford to leave your treasure chest in the middle of the road. You can't afford to leave your treasure chest when you're so close and yet it seems so far. They were not willing to let go of the gold and let go of the myrrh and let go of the incense and let go of everything that they had, the frankincense, none of that. They were not willing to let it go. This is what I carry and this is what I bring to the king. And when you give Get to the king and you give him your worship and you give him your praise. Everything will work to your good. The Bible says that when they left, they left a different way. And it doesn't matter how you show up. You may be broken and you may be bruised and you may be uh, in pieces. But if you can still get to the king and give him what you promised to bring to him, he will make you walk out a different way. Your life will turn around. God has a way of rewarding your efforts and rewarding your faith. They came with all of this. They finally made it. The star hovers over a house. And when they walk in, they see the child and they see Mary. And the Bible says that they worshiped. They opened up their treasure chest and gave him that. You know, today, I don't know what struggles you've had. Maybe it wasn't the Christmas that you were expecting. Maybe this year you lost a loved one. Maybe some things happened and threw a wrench into your Christmas plans. But the fact that you could show up today after Christmas, just like the wise men showed up after Christmas, because it wasn't necessarily the day that it was born. It was the day that I get to meet him. That's Christmas. And they endured. Others might have said, we're going back. But they said, no. Our focus is on that star. That star revealed that a king would be born. And we're going to go ahead, despite our background, because they were pagans. We're going to embark a journey. Don't know how long it's going to take. Don't know really where we're going or where it's taking us. But we're going to follow it and we're going to give our gifts, our worship. And when they did that, the Bible says that when they left, they left through a different way. And I want to believe that there's still a Christmas story after Christmas that brings light, that brings joy. Because remember, when they saw it, they were full of joy. That brings a change because they left a different way. And just the fact that you were able to come, you could have stayed home. You could have said, hey, we're tired. We, we christmas all night. The fact that you came and you brought your worship, you brought your praise. I want to believe with you that as you leave this place, you're going to enter into something that's different. You're going to see this week something is different. The movie Chosen came out, and one of their logos is get used to different. Get used to different. And maybe that's what you need to tell somebody next to you or tell yourself. 
from this day on, when I leave, I need to get used to different. Because God is going to do a change and make a difference. Would you stand to your feet as we get ready to close? I don't know if there's one, anyone today or those watching online that you really need a, a different in your life. A different way, a different path, a different lifestyle. Just, God, you got to do something different in our marriage, in our home, in our family. You got to do something different in my, my job. You got you to do something different. And maybe you're going to need to start getting used to different God is going to do. He's going to honor you. You were able to tune in. You were able to come. And just with your presence here, God knows you made an effort to come. God knows that today he could look back 2021. He has seen the desert that you have crossed, the mountains you had to climb, valleys you had to go through, the scorching sun that you had to endure in the cold nights, the sand that blew, and yet you never lost sight of that star, of that hope, of that promise, of that dream. And here, 2021, December 26th, you're in his house. Many dropped out. Many said, nah, it's okay, I'm, I'm done. Many, it was too heavy, too hard to endure. And they just, I can't carry, and they left their worship on the wayside. They left their praise in the desert. The sad thing is that they came all the way to where they got. They should have at least carried it back home. You had something, but they left with nothing. They returned with nothing wise men came and endured and left it at the feet of Jesus and they ended up going back in a different way I want to trust and believe that today is your day to go in a different way and the best is yet to come can I invite you for just a few minutes here at this altar we're done